Welcome along to this bite-sized edition of Tax and Lunch. Thanks for joining me. I'm Vincent Lachardi. You're listening to the podcast for tax advisors to high net worth individuals, wealthy family groups and private clients. I'm really excited that you're joining me for this episode. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your team so they can also gain the inside perspective. Let's listen in. You might recall that a couple of years ago, there was discussion about how the ATO recovered tax debts from small businesses, in particular where those businesses were in dispute with the ATO about how much they owed. Ordinarily, the ATO can commence debt recovery action against a client, even if the client disputes the debt allegedly owed to the ATO. In practice, it's possible that the ATO could have got the law wrong or based its decision on an incomplete set of facts. But it can still pursue a client for the debt once an assessment for that debt has been raised. So for example, a client might have been audited by the ATO and the audit's been finalised. The result of the audit is that assessments have been raised and let's say those assessments totaled $5 million, including penalties and interest. At that point, the ATO could commence debt recovery using the wide range of tools at its disposal. As many of you will know, those tools include security notices, garnishes, bankruptcies, and company wind-ups. Of course, it will depend on whether your client is a company, is an individual, etc. There are instances where the ATO agrees to defer or suspend its debt recovery. In this regard, you might have heard of a 50-50 arrangement. This is where the client pays 50% of the tax debt allegedly owed to the ATO, and the ATO agrees not to pursue debt recovery until the dispute has been finalised. This usually means that the client also doesn't have to pay the general interest charge on any outstanding amount too. Just so you know, the ATO applies a risk-based approach to determining if it will agree to defer or suspend debt recovery when a debt is in dispute. My experience has been that the ATO will usually defer debt recovery while there is a dispute on foot. But one of the documents that you could refer to is PSLA 2011 forward slash 14. Now, in the 2021-2022 budget, the government announced that it would extend the power of the AAT to stop or modify the ATO's debt recovery action in relation to disputed tax debts for small businesses. The new law that has been published in the last week, it's presently published as an exposure draft, proposes to allow the AAT to make orders or directions that stop or modify the ATO's debt recovery action in relation to a small business tax assessment. The dispute itself will need to be raised in the Small Business Tax Division of the Tribunal, and we'll talk about that shortly. 
The new law also enables small businesses to prevent the ATO from taking debt recovery action or forcing the ATO to offer a particular type of debt recovery proceeding. For example, the tribunal could order that the ATO offer a 50-50 arrangement. It could also force the ATO to accept a particular type of security. We're yet to see how this will play out, but it's very interesting that the government has introduced these new rules. So how can you stop the ATO on an interim basis from collecting the tax debt that's in dispute against your client? Well, first, the application will need to be made in the tribunal's small business tax division. There are also some further details that a client will need to supply to the tribunal to convince the tribunal that the order that it makes to stop the debt recovery is unlikely to prejudice or unduly restrict the commissioner's administration of the tax law. The order will also need to be determined on an objective basis by the tribunal and not hinder the integrity of the tax system as the ATO administers it. The application for review itself and the request for the order also can't be frivolous, vexatious, misconceived or lacking substance. Now it seems to me that the reason why the rules are structured in this way is to stop more aggressive clients or practitioners, including Phoenix operators and promoters of tax avoidance schemes, from frustrating the ATO's debt collection process by escalating the matter to the tribunal. And so it's not going to be a way to avoid paying a tax debt by simply seeking review in the tribunal if the application has no merit. And I suspect the reality will be the ATO would resist such an application. Now, a couple things to watch out for in due course. It's unclear how these rules might be administered. So let's work through these. Firstly, the rules don't protect the client if the ATO commences its tax recovery during the objection phase as opposed to once the objection has been finalised and the matter is escalated to the tribunal. And so if you have a client where the audit has been finalised, your client's instructed you to lodge an objection, you'll usually have to lodge that objection within 60 days of receiving the assessment. These rules don't protect the client against debt recovery during that objection process. You are still relying on the ATO's discretion as set out in its practice statements for the ATO to not pursue debt recovery during that time. The client will need to apply to the small business tax division of the AAT, not the general tax division. And so it's crucial how your client applies for review. In general, an application to the Small Business Division is simply a ticker box 
when you put the initial application into the tribunal. If by chance you or your client have got that wrong, you can make application uh, to the tribunal to move the matter from the uh, general tax division to the small business tax division. I had a look at these rules. You can also look at them online via the Treasury website. The proposed section 14ZQ, which the government is looking to introduce, is relatively narrow. And it looks to me like it will only protect a client insofar as the liability that you're trying to stop the ATO from chasing relates in whole or in part to carrying on a business. So it's possible that these rules might not cover a circumstance where you've got uh, an entity, a company, trust for example, where that entity also has some passive assets. It might have been those passive assets, a deduction for a commercial property for example, that might be in dispute with the ATO. If that does not relate in whole or in part to carrying on a business, then it's possible that an application using these rules to stop the ATO from pursuing debt recovery might actually fail. It's unclear as yet, and we'll see this in due course, but whether the ATO will have a standard practice of just consenting to these types of orders or whether the ATO will actually take the approach of uh, disputing these types of orders and then having the tribunal determine the issue on a case-by-case -case basis. From that perspective, there may also be these types of orders that are appealed to the federal court by either the ATO or the client, depending on the way that the decision is made by the tribunal. This will be interesting because it could curtail the ATO's powers of recovery, at least on an interim basis, until the dispute is resolved. There may be times where initially an order is made by the tribunal stopping debt recovery, and then the risk profile of the client changes, such that the, then the ATO might make an application to set aside that first order under the AAT Act to enable the ATO to then pursue its debt recovery. So there's still some things to play out and that we should watch for. Now, Many of you will know that I'm regularly instructed in tax disputes at the objection stage and before the tribunal. If you have clients in these circumstances, you're welcome to get in touch with me. Importantly, please get in touch early. Don't leave it until the objection decision has been made because that often makes it more difficult to have success for a client at the tribunal.